Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Sorry for that technical challenge, and thank you so much for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association. Our mission at the Neighborhood House Association is to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness services. Our vision, healthy and educated communities where dreams become realities. I am so delighted today to have Dr. Charlotte Houston um, on the line with us today to talk about coping with and uh, positively influencing stressful situations. Dr. Houston, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Yes. The um, topic of stress at this um, time is probably something we can all relate to. I always think about stress being the way in which we um, just respond to changes. And I think change has definitely become a norm uh, at this time. You know, we're kind of dealing with COVID and many other things. Before we kind of jump into the meat of our discussion, can I ask you just to share a little bit about yourself? Certainly. Uh, I'm a clinical psychologist in private practice, and I work with families and um, adolescents and adults, and I've done so for about 30 years now. I also do evaluations for NFL football players, And uh, I'm an executive coach, which means I work with individual leaders across many different industries in the U.S. and internationally. Okay, wonderful. We are, again, just delighted to have you with us. So when we uh, think about stress, in fact, when you think about stress, how might you define it? What is it? Well, I think your idea about stress is change is a fairly basic, simple, and accurate one. Stress is actually just a a fact of life. It's a part of our everyday life. But to expand on that definition a little bit more, it's produced by events, uh, starting with physiological arousal in our bodies in response to change, or we might just think about demands that are on us to adjust in everyday living. So stress is inevitable, and the problem with it, though, is that it can become persistent and then start to increase in a cycling, spiraling effect. And then it makes functioning much more difficult. It begins with our arousal physiologically in our nervous system. We may notice that our heart rate increases, our breathing rate increases, or what we know as a fight or flight response. And some of us might call it an adrenaline rush at the extreme levels. But it's that sense and that level at which we feel a little bit of discomfort or perhaps even some urgency. But then there's also what happens in our brain with continued stress. It's a cognition kind of phenomenon in that we start to think about the stress that we under we are under 
and we might have perceptions or interpretations about those events that are creating the stress. And to the extent that we do add our thoughts and our perceptions and interpretations, we start to create a vicious circle kind of effect, kind of a negative loop effect. And then that can lead to negative emotional shifts as well. So in general, stress becomes higher in impact and it accumulates over time. And that's when it becomes dangerous to our functioning ability and can lead to serious health and performance problems. Okay, so Charlotte, I want to um, go back and just, you mentioned, for some may not have known exactly um, what was meant by the fight or flight response, could you say? More about um, what is a fight or flight response? Okay, that's kind of a caption reference. It's, it's kind of a slogan that's used to refer to the body's readiness to defend itself. You know, in um, the old caveman days, whenever there was the, the fear of an attack by a wild animal or any such thing, our bodies are meant to gear up to become ready to take on the challenge of the opponent or the threat. That is the fight or flight response. Okay. So one would maybe take from that then that the, um, that fight or flight response might be, I might become very defensive or I might just kind of run away from it. Um, if that be, mm-hmm. uh, something that someone might see in a fight or flight response, in current days, uh, you know. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, it really refers to our nervous system getting ready. So Mm -hmm. it can occur at lower levels where we just notice our heart is racing or we're breathing fast or at higher levels it might be hyperventilation or, you know, just that panic reaction Mm -hmm. or that intensity reaction that might be running away or actually overreacting or um, feeling fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the other thing you mentioned was interpretation. I remember um, many years ago, uh, I don't know if it was a class, a book, or whatever have you, but the thought that um, someone said, like, situations don't cause us to feel the way that we feel. It's really what we tell ourselves. It's the how we're interpreting the situation um, or the event. And that seems to have played into um, part of what you were sharing with us as it relates to the extent to which one might experience an intense or maybe not so intense um, response to stress, to changes that may be happening. Yes, that's absolutely correct. And that we are individuals in how we respond because we do interpret things in personal ways or we're um, sort of pre-wired in our own individual way to think or believe or somehow expect that things will be threatening or harmful or meaningful in a negative direction that could compound stress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember the AMPM, example from again this is way back decades ago and that's when people used to listen to the radio i don't think they even do anymore <laughs> back then it seemed pretty like oh that's kind of clever but the um 
AM messages were awful messages. So if I gave myself an awful message, it might lead me to feel more stress and awful. Whereas if I gave myself a PM message, a positive message, um, regardless of that same situation, it might lead me to feeling better. So if I'm driving down the street and I hit a pole, I might tell myself, oh my God, I hit a pole. I'm going to have to um, pay my deductible and uh, I'm going to be late to work. And I could overwhelm myself with all of the challenges related to that event. And from those awful messages, I could begin to feel overwhelmed and more challenged and taking action to kind of deal with the situation. But if I gave myself maybe a PM message and I said, oh my goodness, I hit a pole. I'm so glad I have insurance. I'm glad I hit a pole and not a person. I could give myself maybe enough positive messages to where I had enough energy to deal with the situation and move things forward. And therein, and I'm glad you mentioned it, because it, it really speaks to the power that we have personally to mediate our response to stress. And that's what stress management is all about. It's about putting a framework on it that works for you. And sometimes uh, it takes us a little while and a little maturity in life to discover what works for us best. And that would be the PM message. Mm -hmm. Okay, wonderful. So why is stress um, and managing stress important? You know, it's important because life happens and life is dynamic and it's unstable and stress is inevitable. Change is inevitable. So you might have heard how people like being flexible. That's considered a quality or a good attribute or being nimble, being able to sort of roll with things is considered um, a virtue. But um, a lot of this is unpredictable. And whereas many of us, if not all of us, have busy, demanding, multiple roles in our lives, um, whether it be at work or at home, um, or both, some combination, and of course, right now, as has been pointed out, we all live in this COVID-19 environment that has really given us a big overdose of change and therefore stress. So in as much as there is this natural variability and there are inevitable changes, challenges rather in life, we need to know how to manage stress well. So. Um, what would you say are some of the costs or even silent costs associated with chronic stress? Well, chronic stress is really uh, the culprit uh, because stress can be energizing and vitalizing at the lower ends. Uh, it can activate us, but when it's chronic, there are some costs associated with it. You know what? And maybe I should pause and I should have asked you what is chronic stress before I went there. So perhaps you could, uh, the difference between what you just shared as maybe this positive experience of stress and then chronic stress. What would you, how would you tease that out? Well, I think in as much as a person is able to interpret stress as something that's part of the challenge or part of the job or part of getting ready for a public speaking engagement or something of that sort, 
they are already engaging their con- cognition or their PM positive messages about what it means to have the stress. And uh, it's time bound too. It, it ends at a certain point um, and it's not expected to continue. But with chronic stress, there is the prolonged or protracted uh, length of time that the stress response is engaged, which then has certain costs, meaning physiologically, we're going to be engaged. And we might think of it as physiological wear and tear. You know, our heart rates are up too frequently and too constantly. We're breathing at a faster rate. I unfortunately am going to go to break, but we're going to put a comma there. So we're going to want you to remember that thought. We're going to come right back and pick it up and really have you share more about how a person can really detect and know when they're experiencing um, chronic stress. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I'm delighted to have Dr. Charlotte Houston with us today. Uh, Dr. Houston is a clinical psychologist, NFL evaluator, and executive coach. And Charlotte, I know before we went to break, 
you were sharing about the um, just how a person can detect if they're experiencing chronic um, stress. Can I just toss it right back over for you to continue? Well, I, I we were distinguishing between uh, what some people might experience as uh, benefits of stress and that they become ready to take on a task or a function, and it's expected. But when it continues in perhaps an unexpected or more severe level, then we have a ripple effect over time, and that can begin to interfere with our health. And we might have some perceived physical discomfort as well as mental or emotional discomfort. Okay, so what might be some of the um, cost of chronic stress? Well, you know, there's not any simple prediction for any one individual, but there is a range of possible outcomes. Um, And I think we could begin with thinking about our cardiac or heart and how that is so central to our physiological system and also our circulatory system. So all of those issues from too much activation from stress can mediate our organs and how they function less well. Uh, Our brain might have some reactions in terms of poor concentration, lack of focus. Maybe it'll get into an insomnia sort of pattern, whereas we're a little more restless and agitated and unable to sleep at night, or perhaps chronic fatigue, but certainly at a level that we're not functioning at our best. Mm-hmm. You know, I've often heard um, people who, who have hypertension talk about um, the impact that stress has on their blood pressure. Is that something in general with regards to, would hypertension be something that would be related to chronic stress? Or is that if you have hypertension, then stress becomes a challenge? I think it's both and. Mm-hmm. Um, But you might think of your cardiac system as being a set of vessels. You know, we think in terms of blood vessels, and the blood needs to make its way through the vessels. And sometimes there are contributing factors like um, plaque in those vessels that come from uh, cholesterol, so kind of a pre-existing propensity to have trouble with that circulation being as it should be. But with stress, you get a tightening of the muscles and a constriction of the vessels so that the blood pushes through not as easily and perhaps a little more forcefully. And therefore we have the raising of the blood pressure and some people even experience strokes. So again, Individual circumstances mean individual symptoms, but that gives you an idea of how being less stressed allows for optimum conditions in all of that physiological circulatory network we have. Mm -hmm. So someone could be dealing with um, many different changes, many different responsibilities, just a lot, but their ability to tolerate and manage stress could be what makes a difference between being quotation marks stressed out 
or, you know, managing it and not having negative health effects. Is that right? That is correct. Um, We might acknowledge it as feeling less energetic or less well, but sometimes we don't actually pinpoint the problem as correctly uh, being one of stress, but rather we complain about the symptoms. They're getting in our way. We're not getting enough sleep. We're not concentrating as well, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about um, stress tolerance, what is stress tolerance? Well, stress tolerance refers to one's capacity to withstand more and more or increasing levels of stress um, at higher levels of severity without the suffering of the impact or the decreased functioning. So in other words, we're able to take more uh, with less drastic effects. And so... If I'm um, looking at increasing my uh, stress tolerance, what would that mean? Someone says, I'm really trying to increase my stress tolerance. What does that mean I'm working on doing? Well, I think we have to work it from both ends. Um, We know we're going to have increasing levels of stress and increasing exposure over our lives, just living daily productive lives of responsibility. But I think managing the stress well can increase our stress tolerance because we're able to counteract that arousal or manage it to a certain reasonable threshold so that we don't experience the impairment from the stress, you know, in ways of not sleeping or blood flow issues all of the above that I've mentioned, but at the same time, we're able to intervene with ourselves, I think would be a good way to think about it. We're able to expand our capacity because we're also able to reduce or moderate our stress on a regular basis and handle more. Mm -hmm. So my uh, belief that I can um, manage or influence situations positively Uh, cope with and handle difficult situations, the more I am um, of that belief and am able to do that, then the greater my stress tolerance will be, is that? It begins with awareness Mm -hmm. and it begins with prevention. So making good choices because we are aware. So perhaps not taking on as much or exceeding our capacity in the first place. Mm -hmm. to the extent that we can, but it also means knowing how to intervene with ourselves if we find ourselves at, that we are, if we find that we're exceeding our capacity. Mm -hmm. And that may mean learning some ways, knowing some ways, and uh, using all of that knowledge to bear on stress tolerance. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. It takes me back to um, hearing you say that to this um, book. I don't remember who the author was, but it was um, Language in the Pursuit of Happiness. And in that book, it described happiness as a person kind of finding for them their balance between productivity and peace. 
And initially when I read that, I thought, hmm, that's kind of odd. I wouldn't think I'd ever look at happiness that way. But the more I um, processed it and thought about it, I think that there is some validity to kind of figuring out to what extent, you know, do I want to be engaged in, in doing and being productive? And then to what extent do I just want to have some space and time to simply be? Mm-hmm. And, um, and when I hear you talk about um, understanding our capacity and knowing our limits so that we can kind of put some boundaries in place, then um, that brought that phrase back to mind for me because I think that, um, I guess, like you said, some choices. So being active and deciding, you know, and, and really figuring out what is my capacity um, becomes important in making the choices uh, to the extent that we um, empower ourselves um, to kind of be that agent that can uh, to allow us to figure out how do we actually create or redesign a plate that works for us as it relates to our um, stress tolerance. Yes, it's all of those considerations, but I think perhaps the common denominator is self-awareness. Knowing yourself, tuning into yourself, understanding uh, the factors at play, and then being able to seek out uh, ways to balance out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the other thing I hear a lot about, and maybe we t- touched a little bit on it when we talk about the AMPM, is the um, how optimism or pessimism in general, not just so much. I think when we're talking about the AMPM, we're talking about how we may frame our interpretation of a given situation, but in general, is there a connection to stress tolerance and um, the, a person's perspective with regards to whether they tend to be more optimistic or pessimistic? pessimistic? Yes, I think outlook on life is very basic and important, and it, it works like a filter and a lens through which an individual makes interpretations about what's happening for them. Um, so it is that it's like a preventative phase, but it's also part of who we are or who we've become, you know, that filter, that lens, uh, that which affects how we function or something like our attitudes or our principles or work philosophies. Those become very basic with um, maturity in life. You know, they get more defined as we become more mature and experienced. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking at maybe how relationships are handled. We're looking at resources that we've accumulated that we know about, and also the quality of supports that are in place for us in our lives. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. You know, we always think of leadership uh, being a relationship and um, just understanding and knowing how that relationship, one with ourselves, um, my having um, good stress tolerance and how I show up and am able to care for and position myself to be at my best so I can give my best and what that means in my relationship with others. So when I don't have the ability to manage and cope with stress, how that then impacts and has that rippling effect throughout uh, my team and or the organization um, it just kind of stemming from my leadership. 
we need to take another short break, so uh, we'll do so. But when we come back, I'll be uh, really looking to hear more uh, from you, Charlotte, with regards to some tips that um, can relate to how we go about managing stress. And I know we hear a lot about resilience, so maybe a little bit also with regards to what that is and how we build that. So please stay with us, and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl White, your host for today. And with uh, with us today, we have Dr. Charlotte Houston, clinical psychologist, NFL evaluator, and executive coach, talking about coping with and positively influencing stressful situations. And as uh, we've been talking about, much of that starts with us and um, how we go about managing stress and our outlook um, in relation to life in general, as well as situations. Um, before we kind of dive, uh, Dr. Houston, into looking at some tips, we often hear the word resilience and how important that is as it relates to leadership and how important that is as it relates to being able to manage stress. Can you say more about the word resilience and its connection to uh, experiencing stressful situations and our response? Well, resilience is a nice word, but what it refers to is our ability to bounce back from a stressful period or an event 
without suffering the prolonged effects of it. Uh, sometimes it means um, not dwelling on the event, but being able to move forward. Uh, and in a work atmosphere is especially important. Uh, but I think in most contexts it is because a person who's able to be aware and have a proactive means of conditioning their system and having a little more balance, not only in perspective, but in terms of their their means of keeping themselves physiologically stable and ready, then they're more likely to bounce back or have resilience. Much like exercise protects the body, if it's regular, if you have an injury, you're more likely to heal better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. So, so as I'm thinking about that, that whole notion of bouncing back, then it's from a situation that maybe wasn't so favorable, it's allowing ourselves then to reflect on it, maybe assess the situation, you know, quickly maybe learn the lessons, note the lessons, and then move forward. Mm -hmm. so if I have good resilience, I can accept it, um, take what I need to take from it, and then navigate on forward as opposed to sitting in it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, wonderful. So what might you offer uh, for consideration as tips for managing stress? I think uh, at the outset, uh, being mindful of our choices. Uh, again, the awareness component and keeping ourselves uh, in mind and, and protectively so. So that we keep stress at the optimal level that only we can decide for ourselves as much as possible. It's not always going to be 100%, but it can be what we strive for. And then I think health starts to be uh, something we count on. It becomes our base. And then managing stress is something that we do to protect that base and keep things in a certain range. So that's what we would say is handling stress well. And then we're able to work with those spike occurrences of stress that might be unpredictable and unforeseen and we have to roll with it, deal with it, and show the resilience to come back and get on pace again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think from a practical sense, I know one of the things that um, began to work better for me in scheduling, I have uh, someone that is fabulous with regards to supporting me with scheduling because there's so many things that kind of comes um, at us, but I had to figure out what I needed in order for to have transition time and then also to have time to handle all those things we did not anticipate. So I used to just, you know, kind of let things be scheduled as they were scheduled without a lot of leave time in between appointments. But I've noticed for myself, one of the things that really has helped me to do a better job of managing my own stress tolerance or, or maybe expanding my stress tolerance is to have 30 minutes at least behind, between each appointments. So as best as possible, you know, one of the things that I've um, noted works for me and I've communicated to the person that supports me in scheduling is to, you know, as much as we can schedule 30 minutes in between appointments. So I have, you know, time to decompress. I also have time to handle that unexpected thing and things just don't feel so piled up. So, 
I appreciate your saying like each person kind of has to figure out what that tolerance looks like for themselves. The other thing is when our day is so jammed with one appointment to another appointment to another appointment, it becomes so um, easy to find ourselves just working into the night because you have to still do all the paperwork and all the <laughs> other things as a leader that you really can't do when you're in the meeting. So, yes, and I think we can all relate to that at one level or another, but it does get down to those things that we have heard before and, and we think we know, but we really do need to bring them into a formula mm -hmm. that we own as ours and it's for our effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And that would include things like pacing us ourselves in a routine, getting regular exercise at a level that works for us individually, as well as sleeping adequately at a level that works for us. But also important is tuning our interpretation so that they're realistic, uh, whether we're dealing with stress in relationships or work or our environment. Uh, we want to have that optimism, that confidence, that timeliness if we're in a conflict situation to get it resolved and move on and to assert what we think we need to do, uh, what we think we need to have understood in order to communicate well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so as you say that, tuning our interpretations, and I add um, to that and, and heard in that, and what you're saying is also like, I'll often say right-sizing our expectations. You know, you say that disappointment comes from expectations not being met. So if you always have very high expectations, we probably walk around with a lot more disappointment that we're having to manage through. Whereas if we can right-size our expectations to, as you said, kind of like realistically to what we really can anticipate uh, based on not so much what we desire and want, but based on really what we're truly dealing with, that that can help um, also then be able to not have ourselves dealing with disappointment after disappointment and then all of the um, emotional um, challenges that goes with trying to move forward and push forward in the midst of um, disappointment that we really have created for ourselves through not right-sizing our expectations. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, there's no substitute for accepting that there's variability in all of us. And so if something doesn't match up quite, you know, things aren't quite synchronized as we would like, to find a measure of acceptance that there's that deviation rather than um, expecting compliance or expecting mm -hmm. uh, our expectations to be met because uh, we're all different. And that means we have different paces, different work ethics, different ways of communicating and understanding. And I think if we have a philosophy of accepting variability to a reasonable degree in people, we're a lot less stressed overall. Mm -hmm. So Charlotte, I know that you've talked um, and um, have led um, hypnosis, have um, meditations. How does that fall into this whole notion of stress management? Well, I think uh, it's like concentrated exercise that you learn from a trainer about how to, to work on your uh, core muscles or 
to do cardiac exercise. It's more of a specialized, targeted practice with the intention of conditioning your system to cooperate better with you when you're under stress. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's in a sense uh, a very internal way of promoting resilience. Mm-hmm. So I know we have about, I don't know, three minutes or so before breaks, but when we come back from break, I'm gonna ask you to maybe at the top of the next segment, lead us through so that our listening audience can just experience what that might feel like to kind of go through that breathing exercise and something they might be able to uh, maybe repeat and do on their own. Any other thoughts before we go to break um, as it relates to just uh, tips for managing stress? Well, I think it's almost like uh, getting good at an art that you craft, um, understanding the interplay between stress and health and performance. And very importantly, too, understanding how structure uh, can be a good vehicle to manage stress. And say more about that. That would be structuring your sleep, Mm -hmm. the time you go to sleep, time you wake up, to seek the regularity of that for the sake of your, your body and your internal systems, getting a pattern and a routine, as well as eating the same way in balanced ways, you know, three meals, six meals, however uh, you determine your nutrition should be taken care of. Mm -hmm. And then having that um, regularity around exercise so that it isn't just being a weekend warrior where you, you know, go hard on with exercise, but you punctuate your days and your weeks Mm -hmm. um, with some regular rhythm, Mm -hmm. more or less, you know, we can't always be perfect, but uh, with exercise as well. Yeah, you know, that reminds me of um, Simon Bailey, the author of um, Release Your Brilliance. I think we both heard um, Dr. Houston when he was sharing uh, taking our meds every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the meds was meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. So I think that kind of uh, was a nice summary of what you just shared with us with regards to taking our, our daily meds. Yes, that's a very <laughs> good summary. Thank you. <laughs> yes, no, thank you. So please stay with us. We'll be right back on the other side of our commercial. We'll ask Dr. Houston to just lead us through a, um, a breathing exercise that might be helpful for calming ourselves in uh, different uh, stress moments of the day, being able to take that, that mindful minute and see what else um, she might offer for leading in these difficult situations and being able to be a positive influence. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with uh, Leadership Matters. Talking today about coping with and positively influencing stressful situations with Dr. Charlotte Houston, clinical psychologist, NFL evaluator and executive coach. Dr. Houston, I think we were going to ask you to start this second off, but you're just maybe sharing, uh, leading us through a breathing exercise. I'm just toss it over to you for that experience. Well, well, I'm very pleased to share just an abbreviated exercise because I I find it so valuable. And uh, I'd like to just uh, outline a little bit about what it includes so that uh, you'll know what's coming and can engage in it in just a few minutes. Uh, first, I'm going to begin with you scanning your body and looking for tension spots, and then we'll do the breathing, the long, slow breaths, and then more natural breathing. And then the cognition part, the mind-body part, that would consist of phrases that you would say to yourself to facilitate the relaxation. So let's begin with you sitting as comfortably as you might, staying where you are. Uh, But the most important thing is close your eyes and get yourself ready with permission to relax and focus inwardly. And first, just drop your shoulders a bit. Just give yourself permission to let any tense muscles relax by just willing them to let go. And if there's any spot that's a little more tense, focus there for a second and just allow it to relax. 
and then begin with low, excuse me, long, slow, deep breaths, several of them. And you'll begin with six counts in on a long inhale. Hold briefly at the top of that inhale and then a long exhale out, holding briefly for one or two counts at the bottom. And repeating that cycle. And it's going to vary from person to person, but you would like to have about eight or nine long, slow, deep, cleansing breaths, allowing your belly to extend on the inhale, and as you exhale, feel yourself emptying your abdomen, and cycling through very patiently. very fully. And after you've reached several of these long cleansing deep breaths, I'd like you to slip into a more natural pace of breathing. Just noting the breaths going in and out at whatever pace is natural. So that when you breathe in, you think in, and when you breathe out, out. And again, very patiently, just observing. When the breaths begin to slow down, And when they slow down, you might even notice that they're lighter. And perhaps the breaths are a little more regular. But with the slowness and the lightness, you can know that your body is getting more relaxed. So along with getting relaxed, I'd like for you to engage your cognition, your brain, and use a mind-body suggestion. You might say to yourself, simply, I feel relaxed. My body and mind are quiet. I feel tranquil, I feel peaceful. Noting that the words have suggestive power in allowing you to relax a little more deeply. And as a final thought, you might think of a commitment to practicing like this 
giving yourself a deep rest for your mind, your body, and your healthiest functioning. And with another good breath in and out, allow yourself to open your eyes and feel refreshed. Okay, that was wonderful. I uh, enjoyed that myself. <laughs> uh, definitely, I think, allows us to reset after doing an exercise such as that. I love the word reset. Mm. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, any additional or final thoughts as we um, wind down our conversation today? Well, I'd like to just highlight that managing your stress level is an acquired skill, but it is your personal power. And just keep in mind that you can access it in a way that synchronizes your system and allows you to monitor and intervene with your own stress level. And the the next thought to leave you with, as you already know, we're in a stress pandemic. So now's a very good time to practice. Mm -hmm. So true. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Houston. You've given us um, much to reflect on and to think about and utilize as we figure out how we can best expand our um, stress tolerance, um, cope with the many different changes and situations that we're dealing with in a way that hopefully we're able to um, influence positively. But also just uh, leave us with thinking about our sources of energy. As we have more energy, it allows us to also be able to um, leverage and do those things, bring our best to our situation. So as Dr. Houston said, taking care of ourselves physically, our physical energy comes from our um, uh, sleep, our um, taking time to relax, our eating nutritiously, and um, exercising. And then we have emotional energy that comes from um, feeling valued and appreciated. Give yourself some wonderful thoughts about yourself and um, you know, treat yourself with compassion. And so we don't want to be our worst critic that's beating ourselves up, but you know, really speak some kind words to ourselves and and uh, do what we can to help our own emotional energy as well as the emotional energy of others. Tell people kind words that um, allows them to feel valued and appreciated. And then mental energy comes from our ability to focus. So um, being able to prioritize, you got so many different things to do. How do you manage that to-do list and prioritize so that you can focus? When we don't have a focus, then we can feel overwhelmed Uh, But when we can decide when we're going to do what, first, second, next, it allows us to focus and have good mental energy. And then spiritual energy comes from our connection to a higher purpose. For some, that may involve a um, higher being. For others, it may simply be a higher purpose. So what is that purpose that's higher uh, than yourself that you can connect to and also give yourself some spiritual energy? So again, thank you so much, Dr. Houston, for being with us today. My pleasure. Yes. Great. And we want to also thank our um, listening audience. We appreciate your tuning in. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time 
for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.